What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Flip Flop Guy podcast. I'm Andy Mokel, and I'll be your host. Our goal is to have epic conversations with people from all walks of life. There are no talking points that are off the table. It's going to get wild. We hope our guests inspire and motivate you to walk with purpose as we trudge the road of human existence. Enjoy the show. All right, guys, hammering it home. This spring, there's a lot of awesome stuff coming up. Headed into the summer as well. Last chance broadhead shoot with West Coast Archery. May 15th through the 17th. And also coming up June 13th in Reno is the Dead Eye Golf Tournament. For more information and more details, check them both out on Instagram. I'm sure you'll have no problem finding their accounts. Also get ready, Yeti Total Archery Challenge. It's going to be a blast. Hope to see everyone there. Thanks. So, with your daughter being 10 years old and getting into sheep hunting, because you you went on your first sheep hunt at a very young age, right? Yeah, when I was 10. When you were 10, and that was with your dad? Yeah, so I was 10 and my brother Clint was 12. Uh-huh. And dad, uh, dad had gone the year before to the Brooks Range and shot a moose uh-huh. and, a, and a grizzly bear, Arctic grizzly. And, uh, when he left, he's like, man, I've got to bring my boys. Yeah. And so he came home, and uh, before he left, he made it happen. He signed us up with the outfitter. Really? And uh, we'd been hunting all. I mean, it, it's it's in our blood. Yeah. Bobby, right? Bobby Kroger, man. It's, it's his blood origins. Initial line statement right there for everything. It's yes. in our blood. And it is. Buddy. All day. I mean, so... Were you born into a hunting family then? Yeah, so my dad's dad, they didn't have a whole lot of money. They were ranchers, yeah. farmers, and so their big deal was rabbit hunting. But to this day, that's one of my favorite things to do. Uh-huh. You know, I've traveled the world hunting and doing all that. It still brings me back to uh, the memories when we were four years old in a high rack. Uh-huh. Dad's down in the driving it, and we're up there just freewheeling with a 22. And, yeah. You know, just don't shoot in between the horses and make sure, you know. Yeah. <laughs> don't cripple anything. Yeah. And, uh, you know, from there, it's just been deer hunting and, and uh, rabbit hunting until I was 10, and Dad took us up to Alaska, and he said lots of his friends told him he was crazy for doing it, but he was going to spoil us. Yeah. Or the boys won't ever appreciate it there's how could they ever even know what understand that, or understand. comprehend yeah no what's that mean so that being said at the time could you wrap your head around really what was going on or did it become like later in life much more deep appreciation for it both i both. could feel the energy on I, the hunt in the year before just hearing the stories and he brought that grizzly cape back and we actually fleshed it out uh-huh. in, the, in the driveway you and your so, brother. Yeah, like the week he got back, the year before. Really? And so the three of us are sitting there fleshing. And he's, you know, and you turn a, a kid loose with a razor sharp knife on a high dollar hide, huh. and he's worried, you know, we're going to cut, make holes in it or whatever. Man, dad doesn't, he, he was all in, didn't care. Let's, that's how we learn. And same way we're driving the trucks around the ranch. If we wrecked it, you know, that's part of it. We're going to, we're going to learn to be responsible responsible and learn yeah. how to do this and, and get it done uh, 
and so yeah, I I had a, a, just the energy behind it. I knew it was a big a big deal. Yeah. But certainly not until I came home, and now looking back on it, know how huge it was. It molded and shaped my life uh-huh. in in such a way that uh, all the naysayers, it's crazy. It's like, yes. We do know that it's it's a meaningful thing and, and it and it doesn't spoil it teaches us hard work and determination and and uh, getting to see God's country not just from Texas yeah you know getting to see the world well and, and Texas is a beautiful state but going from you know a ranch in Texas you know at 10 years old into Alaska right you said yeah, Alaska yeah, going Brooks. into Alaska yeah I, that had to be in itself a life-changing experience looking at what bigger country is Uh, and like crazy mountains and you know everything else yeah and then having my best friend and my mentor and my and my brother and then my dad right there and i was the little one out of the bunch and just feeling like man i'm my old chest was stuck out (laughs) and so we had a really successful hunt. It was incredibly hard work, and I remember Dad having to carry me across the rivers and, and sometimes on the top of the mountain. The story that that he never forgets is he broke his toe. On the hunt. On the hunt, and then after my brother shot his doll sheep, we were coming out, and I was just about giving out. And he carried me down the last probably third of the mountain with a broken toe and then we got to the bottom and into this little stream and saw some baby ducks I jumped off his back and went chasing them and <laughs> just figured I was going to survive after that you know really so the hunt was uh, we got doll sheep nice caribou and then when we got on the plane headed out I made a, a commitment to myself and I didn't really discuss it with my dad or brother that, that I was going to in my life do what it took to be able to afford to take my kids back when they were 10 years old and that's the age that you know the minimum age you can shoot in Alaska right now so yeah and uh you know just the autonomy that my dad gave us growing up and and we talked earlier my my brother hadn't shot a caribou yet he left him in camp with the guide for two weeks and how old was your brother he was 12 he was 12 so your brother's in Alaska on a caribou hunt by himself. By himself. At yep. 12 years old. Yeah, with the guide and, and just, uh, they had a grizzly come into camp and all kinds of neat stuff that you, you wouldn't necessarily get to experience if you're not on a longer hunt or get, you know how it is on some of those hunts, you go for a, a sheep hunt and it's done in one day, man, the guy that shot it doesn't get that whole experience. Yeah. And so being able to be there extended periods of time gives, gives you opportunities to see God's country and, and isn't that an interesting thing too like some of us are always dreaming on a hunt let's get it done on the first day and it's going to be a monster And but then at the same time when it does get done on the first day the heartbreak of it being done on the first day yeah. and then you're kind of like well what am I going to do now yeah. now I'm I got to go back to work or, yeah, I'm finished or whatever but, you know yeah. yeah it is a tough deal to, to juggle that I mean you some of these hunts cost so much money you want to be you want to take that first available shot and but the stages in hunting you know my uh, 
my dad took me to Africa after I got accepted into dental school. And uh, we, our pH kind of was talking about the different stages of hunting. The first stage is just, you know, you want to just shoot and kill everything. Yeah. You know, the second stage is you're getting a little more selective and a little more patient. The third stage is trophy hunting. And the fourth stage is pretty much not pulling the trigger, just being being there amongst them. Yeah. And uh, I'm in between three and four right now with the girls. I've kind of shifted all my attention to to raising them or there. Yeah. You know, so coming further into your life, you said you were hunting whitetail. And when for you... Did you end up being like, all right, I'm going to go on another hunt? So. That was more than a deer hunt. Yeah. Well, it never really was. Uh, it was as soon as I got back from Alaska, we, we didn't do a whole lot after that. But the uh, the fire that it created in me to, to get through school. And I went to 15 years of school after high school. Yeah. And, uh, you know, looking back on those times, it just gave me that fire to do. Once I was at a point where I was finished with school and I could afford to do these kind of things, that's when I, I was already, you know, starting to book some of these bigger hunts. But like I said before, the, some of the best hunting for me is, is just rabbit hunting with my buddies. So yeah. the whole time I was hunting deer and yeah. hogs and, and uh, whatever. And this is all in Texas? Yeah, mostly in Texas, New Mexico, Colorado. Yeah. We so, team rope, so. Why don't you introduce yourself Tell us your name. Tell us where you're from, you know, because we haven't even gotten to that part of the podcast yet. You know, that way people have, you know, they know who they're listening to. Yeah, so I'm Russell Cunningham, and I'm a father to Cammie and Stormy. Cammie's 10, Stormy is 7, my wife Carly. We live in Dripping Springs, Texas, which is west of Austin. Mm -hmm. And uh, fortunate to, to raise the girls on the ranch that I grew up on or adjacent to it. My wife and I bought some property that, that we share a fence line. So um, that's where it all is. The girls are getting raised, raised like I was and, and uh, off the iPads as much as possible. Of course, these days it's hard to do that, but yeah, we're, uh, we're unplugging a bunch and getting outdoors. So, and as we started out, we were, we were talking about your hunt when you were 10 and the commitment you kind of made to yourself you know about you were going to do whatever it takes to be able to afford to take your kids on hunts like that and experiences like that and an understanding giving them a better understanding of God's country and and you know what's really out there so your daughter's 10 years old and she's completed a stone sheep she's completed so she started with Desert. Desert, yeah, Desert, with, excuse me. With Jim Breck being yeah. out in, with High, High West Outfitters out in uh, Van Horn. Mm -hmm. And uh, so she's done the stump, the uh, the Desert, the Doll, mm -hmm. and the Rocky. And the Rocky. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the Stone would be... Stone's coming her, up this August. Her next experience. Right. Yep, so we're, this is uh, January now. We're at the uh, Sheep Show. And so that hunt's gonna be late July, early mm -hmm. August in the Yukon. Mm -hmm. And uh, man, if she can get that done, which I, I have all, all the faith in the world, she's tougher than nails and she shoot great. She's tough as nails, Yeah, man. I mean, is. just getting to sit down and talk with her a little bit at the booth has been 
like she weighs 55 pounds she's tiny but she's mean you know? and the excitement on her face about sharing the experiences of her hunts you know is like just showing me the videos and how excited she was to show me this video or show me that video and explain it kind of and be like and for yeah, me cool. it's so amazing i mean and, and i told you a little bit you know i teach hunters education and so to see that light and that desire and passion, you know, and it's like what you said earlier, it's in our blood. Yeah. You know, and, and now here you are fulfilling your commitment to yourself by getting to pass along the tradition to your kids. What has that experience been like for you? You know, I mean, you have two young girls and Stormy killed a real nice deer. Yeah. A real nice whitetail. Yeah, the second she killed her second buck this year down uh, down in South Texas on the Paloma Ranch on a cold hunt. Some those buddies of mine down there uh-huh. are uh, we're fortunate to have gotten to go down there and she's so fired up. But the deal with the girls is uh, ever since they were thought of like when I was coming out of the brooks when I was 10 I, I had a premonition which is, sounds weird that I'd have two girls yeah it's never changed it's always so once once uh, I met Carly and we you know, I shared with her that premonition she didn't believe me but <laughs> anyway so we have the kids and I'm already planning the, the doll sheep hunt yeah. when they're being born it's yeah. crazy it's, seriously it's like so once we got a little closer I booked um, with Joey Clutch who's up in uh, in Alaska and he's a younger guy that's aggressive and, and hard worker and uh, so I booked with him when she was seven because mm-hmm. he was booked out that far and then all of a sudden boom she's 10 and, and we're talking about um, going on the doll sheep hunt and, and I'm she and I were at the Dallas Safari Club and looking at a grand slam of sheep on, on a taxidermy mountain and she's like that would be cool to get all those I was like well and it just a life. I don't know why I didn't think of it, but well, why not? Let's just get, get after it. Let's do let's it. Do, let's, let's do this. Let's be the first female, the youngest female to do this land, the youngest. And uh, and so we just set the set the course and, and have just kind of been going after it. And, um, it's been an amazing journey. It's... Uh, it's teaching her a lot of things. There's gonna be tons of people that are naysayers that are listening to it, but if you guys could trust me, I've been there. And it's the reason why we're sitting here talking right now. Yeah. If not, I'd probably be in a position where I couldn't afford this kind of stuff. Yeah. And I'm not a high dollar guy, I'm a guy that uh, we, we're just making it happen. Yeah, it's hurting a little bit, and it's gonna. We're gonna have to work a few more years. Yeah, but man, it's a window we have. We have. I have my wife and I have two little girls that we've raised to, to be strong and, and independent, and and we have this window. And yeah. why not take advantage of it? Yeah, we're having to sacrifice other areas, and it and it took a lot of convincing when I told my wife what some of this was gonna cost and. Uh, she was kind of like, I She's don't like, know what about are you that? crazy, man. <laughs> I was like, it's it's an investment yeah. in our children's minds. Yeah. Is what it is. Yeah. Well, and it's amazing. 
And it's it's exactly what happened for you. Exactly. And, and what it did to you yeah. when you were that age. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and so you know firsthand from your own experience, from your dad taking you on that kind of adventure, the impact, yeah. the profound impact that it's had on your entire existence. Exactly. You know, and I'm, and I'm sure it's, you know, spiritually and mentally where it has affected you. You know Amen. what I mean? Yes. Like all the way down, you know, it's... Every portion, every bit of my life has been shaped around somewhat that hunt. Yeah. Which is really hard to, hard to grasp. Yeah. But we don't give our kids, especially our young ladies, the credit that they deserve. Like what I'm always thinking and talking to my kids about, and we're really big into archaeology and, and the ancient hunters, and is when they're asking, can I, Dad, help me do this? I'm like, look, if you can do it yourself, I'm going to, we're just going to let you do it yourself. And, and we're not being mean, but what, what would you imagine a 10-year-old Native American would be doing right now? They'd be doing whatever it took to survive the day. Yeah. And their minds are strong even when they're really young. And we are helicoptering, not my, my wife and me, but America has become such a nanny state, helicopter parent mentality that these kids, when, they, when they're when they 18, are a lot of them are just weenies. They're from, mentally not there yeah, yet. Yeah, they're not. Yeah. And they're great, they're, their ancestors, when they were 16 were lying about being 18 and they're in the trenches and fighting wars and they're yeah. strong and tough they can break a mule they can do it they can go shoot a deer and, and get it hung and, and take the meat out and cook it and these kids that are growing up in this world now imagine putting them up against our ancestors our greats yeah. great grandparents and, well imagine people that came across from the east coast to the west yeah. coast by wagon yeah Women, men, and children. Yeah. And, I mean, I don't think that there's more than maybe a thousand people in the United States today. Maybe there's more than that, but that could hack it. No way. It. You know what I mean? I do. No, and, it, and not only in just physical strength, but in mental strength as well. Because yeah. it takes a lot to be able to be like, all right, we're going to go from the East Coast to the West Coast. By wagons and mules. Yeah, and it's going to be a tough dang haul. Yeah. Yeah, and they did what it took to get there, and they didn't whine about where's their iPad and all this stuff that drives me crazy. Uh huh. I mean, that's what we're. That's what I'm teaching the girls, and of course, there's that part of it where they're wanting to watch TV and wanting to do this and normal kid stuff. Normal kid stuff. Yeah, but man. The other day, so Cammy and Storm, Stormy's not quite old enough, but Cammy, my 10-year-old, is into 4-H, and so we we show goats, and it's a, um, if you're just going to show goats then and, and be a average, well, you just feed them, and then you show up, and, and then you lose. If you're going to win, it's it's you get it's like anything else, like in sheep hunt, like you guys, if you're going to win and shoot the biggest sheep, you're, you're the guy that's going to go over the next mountain and the next one until it's dark and then walk out 10 miles in the dark or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it was raining um, the other day and our, and our stock show's coming up and uh, it's time to exercise. So we're down at the barn, Cammy's warming the horse up. We run them in, the, in our arena. 
and uh, when we got done, I was like, Cammy, that right there is what separates winners from losers. And, and she she did she looked at me and kind of didn't really understand. She's like, "What are you talking about?" I'm like, "We're out here in the cold rain and miserable and doing what it takes to, to win. We're not, you know. And the people that are going to show up and lose would never think about coming out in the rain and getting it's the raining. Done. Yeah, we're going to stay inside today. Yeah, same way with hunting. Let's play some iPad games. Right. Yeah. And that's what. I'm afraid, man, is where America is right now. But yeah. we can, we can pull out and get it done. I yeah. Mean, if if this gives inspiration, because that's what you and I are talking about. Is is all we're talking about is raising. And, and I hope that the that the focus of all this is is to inspire youth and to uh, inspire especially young women. Mm-hmm. And I've said that before, but that's my goal. And now my new goal in life. Yeah. So, so what's that like for you being a father, raising young women? I mean, your premonition you had—it's yeah. completely in fast gear right now, going as fast as possible. What's that like for you? It's—it's uh, it's so gratifying. It's really tough, and just like uh, most involved parents know, I mean. Parenting can be really tough or it can be pretty easy. You just give them a bag of Cheetos and let them play their video games and you can hang out and do your Instagram or whatever. Or you can be an active parent and, uh, man, it's tiring. But to see where all all that hard work that my wife and I and and the people surrounding us, they're... The commitment granddad. and support there yeah. is insane. Yeah, their granddad and everybody and grandparents, and we're all on the, on the board with... Uh, and now is your dad, is your dad still around? Yeah, So is. how is your dad doing with this? Awesome. He's, he's It's got to so be proud. the best thing on the planet for him. Man, when I showed him... Uh, so I did a side-by-side of my dad and me when I was 10 with my sheep, and me, and then Cammie and me when with hers. Uh, it man it broke him down like, mm-hmm. just the pride the tears and, and I mean the inspiration that's the oh, source it's huge man oh yeah the source yeah that's the, the, the source blood. that's where it is it's you know yeah it's uh, it's amazing it's uh and then for the girls to be at the show and, and telling their story getting to actually tell their story and meeting guys like you and shaking hands and looking in eyes and and I'm just sitting back like just trying to hold back the tears like look at my girls are strong women and they're seven and ten they're yeah. kicking ass and lots of people could have kids that are strong if they let allow them to be mm-hmm. that's all we got to do you know yeah just let them let them do their deal let them grow up let them be tough yeah and so it's fun we're having a good time yeah that's amazing i mean i i I'm not a parent, so I, I don't, you know, I've got 12 nieces and nephews, and that's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's enough, right? It's right enough now. right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's it's crazy, and I, I mean, I get, it's it's exciting to get to look at my nephews and, and get to know that they're passionate about the outdoors right now. Obviously, they have sports and other things going on in their lives, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and it was kind of what I said earlier, too, is like, 
getting to look at your daughter and talk to her and see the passion and see the joy and see the excitement as she's sharing her experiences, which is, you know, it's really what it really comes down to. It's really what it's all about. You know what I mean? And passing along the tradition, you know, and then it's like you take, you know, you come out of the hunt, right? And then there you are in the winter, you know, in the rain. Yeah doing everything for 4-H and, and and you're explaining to her this is what separates us this is this is what's going to put you in a better position to be in the circle of winners yeah you know and what drives me nuts these days is like there's participation trophies everybody you know like oh you didn't do shit well here's your trophy uh, we're proud of you anyways yeah you know and that kind of stuff what does that instill in the youth as far as determination and being strong-willed and staying in it and sticking it out, yeah. you know? Yeah, when the times get tough nowadays, they don't, the tough don't really get going. They just quit. A yeah. lot of them do. And, and it's easy for me now to sit back and, and, and to be, I hate to be judgmental, but, man, when, when I see, and I see a lot of kids their age and their friends, and I'm just like... What, who's raising these kids? You know, we're, let's say we're down, they come to the ranch to spend the night, we're down at the creek in, in the rope swing, and the girls, my girls are doing flips and, and pulling up moss so the, so the other kids will just put their front toe in the water because it's a creek, it's not a swimming pool. Yeah. And I'm thinking, man, we grew up in the creek. Like, that's yeah. all we did. And, and Grew up in the dirt. And, and now, boom, it's like all of a sudden, this next generation, <laughs> if it's not a swimming pool, you can't go in it. Yeah, and, and it's just sickening to see. It's just, uh, and that's when I go back to tell the girls, you know, I'm proud of y'all, and, and uh, I don't want them ever getting any big heads about all this, and they're so far keeping it pretty under control. But Yeah. Uh, so what was her first sheep hunt? So the first one was desert. It was uh-huh. a desert sheep out in, in West Texas. So you want to hear about the sheep yeah. hunt? So, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we were, I was thinking about going to Mexico just due to the cost. And, man, you know, we, we thought a lot about it and figured, I uh, went and talked to Jim Brack, being uh, with High West. He's out in Van Horn. So I met him at the Sheep Show last year, and he's like, look, just Because this has all happened in a matter of the last year. This is all in one year. Like, she, well. she's she's completed the three-quarter slam in, in one six year. months. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. And uh, so we go, I book with Jim Brack, and when I told him what the story was, man, I was like, I got a 10-year-old girl that, and she was nine, I got a nine-year-old that's going to, here's the plan. And he, I think most outfitters probably would have been a little reluctant to take her. Accept that. Yeah, because it's a tough hunt. I mean, sure, you could drive up and get lucky, which some some do, and some do in, in these anywhere just shoot them out of the step out of the truck get them there down. it but is it wasn't like that out there we got out there and uh, i met uh ryan olson with white bone creation yeah ryan is the best guy yeah he's awesome so, so nice man jim brad hooked me up with him because i wanted to document all this yeah and he's like i got a friend that it'd be perfect to do this with and so uh i didn't have to talk ryan into it man <laughs> he's he drove to to Van Horn, we all got there, and uh, we hunted for 
three days and and uh, it was getting towards the end of the hunt mm-hmm. and we hadn't found sheep and we finally got some scouted jasper Klein was on the mountain and, and uh, Stephen ryan was helping on the hunt which was cool yeah from uh Tejon, like from the california he moved to alpine recently to hunt with jim brack but anyway so we go we go find the sheep we climb all the way to the top of the mountain and there are big mountains out a lot of people here in texas don't understand that but there's there's some big ranges there so we get up to the top and can't find the sheep and we're stuck up there and you know for a couple hours and we decided uh we're trying to figure out when the next when we're going back Uh, well kai bucker with wexford and my wife and stormy were on another mountain range glass and they found the sheep really so we cut to them and and uh we find them we find the ram that that we're going to take and um, we get all set up and jim Bragg helps cammy get set up and she shoots the sheep a little far back and uh we thought it was over and the sheep it's getting kind of dark and the sheep's just walking and he's about to walk out of our lives forever you know that deal like we're may lose the deal yeah and uh jim Bragg's like russell i got a beat on him man it's if it's your call you want me to just finish it and uh cammy looked back at me and i said no it's this is cammy's ram and he said all right cammy let's go and he grabbed he grabbed all the gear and cammy and he's cammy and i followed jim Breck and we took out after this sheep and it was a couple miles up down, really moving. Yeah. Ever we lost the sheep. None, none of our spotters had the sheep. We didn't know where it went and getting frustrated. They disappear, man. Yeah. They disappear like that. Yeah. And you can imagine that kind of deal. Uh-huh. I mean, the, the investment in that and the sheep's gone. Yeah. But the I had the confidence in Cammy, And so I was willing to sacrifice all the hard work that it took to, to because you knew she could do it. Yeah, I knew yeah. we were going to get it done. I just, the eternal optimist in me and her and Jim Brett, we got it done. So we find the sheep, we get down. He's, uh, the sheep's about to die. She put another bullet in about 150 yards. And uh, first time I've ever cried over a over, uh, uh, hunt. You know, you see people on TV crying and all that little staged. Yeah. But man, I couldn't control it. It was, I was weeping, and, and Jim Bragg probably wouldn't admit to it, but I saw a tear in his eye too, because we just saw what Cammy, <laughs> this little nine-year-old, 50-pound little thing, yeah. could do with a seven mag. Yeah, she's shooting the seven mag. Yeah. Oh my God. Earlier that day, we had spotted some Audad, and on the ranch, they're doing a study on them right now. And uh, once the study's over, they just want to wipe them out yeah. because they're competing with the deserts. Yeah. So we found one without a collar. So. Jim Breck said, let's let's get the nerves off. Let's shoot this ram. So I'm like, great. So he just starts unloading the, the truck and setting up. And I can't even, the sheep's at 800 yards, the all day. Yeah. And I thought we were going to drive up to go hike in, stalk up on him, get within a couple hundred yards and shoot him. Well, he's all set up. He's like, all right, Cammy, come on. And so um, he's like, we're going to take the shot. You all right with that, Dad? And I was like, yeah. So Cammy gets down, he has her dry fired twice, and then he says, all right, shoot that ram right in the neck. Just laying down. And uh, 780 yards, dropped him. No way. Yeah. 
Gunworks 7LRM, and so he's uh, Gunworks makes a great rifle. Man, it's solid. Yeah. This one has a muzzle brake on it, so it doesn't kick as bad, but man, she can shoot a cannon and still keep rolling. So anyway, long story, we she's confident she wants to use that gun because I had my old 243 that I took on my sheep hunt. That's what she was going to do this all with. Uh-huh. So anyway, she, she took that, and we uh, we we ended up, Jim Breck let us take the gun to Alaska. So we took it up there. And, well, back to the sheep hunt. So we get, we we all gather around the desert, and we have a uh, we just get to soak it all in and enjoy the moment. And uh, yeah. So that deal went to. Next, we go to Alaska. We hook up with Joey up there, and uh, that's a backpack hunt, well, true wilderness hunt. And so we we're out there for ten days and. Rain and I mean it rained so much of the time. Uh, it was pretty intense. So we were climbing the mountain and she was one step ahead of us the whole time. Yeah. Never once did she give up or or say that she wanted to go back to the camp or any of that. She was a hundred percent in. So we found a ram and uh, so we found a ram up up on the mountain and and then after about six hours, the wind changed. He, he busted us. We got a shot at about 300 yards, missed him. So he goes up over through the saddle, and, and uh, Joey's like, "All right, let's go." He'll just he'll stop with he'll find some ewes up here somewhere and get with them. Yeah. And you know there wasn't any shoulder dropping in size or anything. It was just like a pickup, and we're just rolling. And Cammy's taking all this and just eating it up yeah and like i'm i'm kind of not uh-huh. <laughs> man i'm getting a little discouraged and and uh, my legs are burning and lungs are burning and we get up through that saddle and we look over there and there he is about 600 yards with some use so we crawl up get close they get a little sense that something's wrong and so they just kind of start easing off so she gets a 350 yard rush shot for her man i'd like to get her all set up and, and dead solid was uh, she wounds him. We thought that it was a, a, a lethal shot. Well, he he kind of goes off over the edge, and we go up, couldn't find him. Find, finally found him bedded under some cliffs, and he jumps up and, and is kind of side hilling around the mountain, and he's not climbing, so we know he's hurt. We can see him, he's, his back leg's lifted. So we go after him, and, and then we lose him in, in this uh, in the this really rocky stuff but we figured he couldn't have gone too far yeah we can't find him i mean we're right in there looking and searching we get back to camp about 11 that night and i'm thinking the hunt's over the quest is over we've wounded him we're not going to find him and it's gonna what's that gonna do to her mentally what's it gonna do to our quest you know because then that's a whole nother year yeah and uh but I am the eternal optimist, and I just keep my head up. Cammy's like, we're going to shoot him, Dad. Don't worry. We're going to get it done. Super positive. Yeah, for her. She looks old. like the like the most positive kid on the planet. It is. Yeah. And so the next morning, we get up right from camp. We spot a great big ram. Probably not. I mean, he's a big legal shooter. And he's in a different range, like in a different area. And Joey's like, oh, let's, don't even look over there. we got to go find We're going to find the sheep. And 
So we go and we look from the from the valley floor up into those rocks, and after about three hours, Joey Clutch finds him just just like his ear and is in the top of uh, of his horn. And so we wait till he gets up. We see it's him. We see him limping. So we go after him. Well, by the time we get up there, we get about 500 yards, and he's bedded back down. And so it's risky. Do we go in and, and get above him and get within 100 yards and risk bumping him and be, you know, or do we just wait here? And I know Cammy can take a 500-yard shot. Yeah. Well, we set up. We finally decide Joey's going to go up and around and see if he can get close and see what's going on. So. He does, he gets up there and, and we look through the spot and scope at him and he's waving us like he's, he's telling us the sheep's laying down to come on. And he's like, come on quick. And so Cammy and I just hustled up there and the whole time we got up there and Joey's like, man, y'all got up faster than I did. He's like, I didn't think there's any way y'all get up here that quick. The sheep's right over here, he's on this bluff and you gotta kinda be on the edge of the cliff to see him. And so, Cammy, can you handle that? You know, because it's going to be a little scary. And Heights. Yeah, she was all over it. And so, <laughs> like, I got up, and I got on the edge of the cliff, and I got pretty stable, and I just reached and, and held her. And then she, she shimmied her body up and to where she could put the scope. So at that point, I couldn't help her at all set the gun and get it stable. It was 100% on her. Mm-hmm. She got it all set, and, and uh, she shot him at 100 yards, laying up and he. He literally like fell off the cliff about 20 feet. Really? And the, the you know, we were so excited to, well, you know how it is, you see one to sheep, man. Yeah. And you get it done the next day. Yeah. 24 hours later. That's rough. It's rough, man. It like to kill me mentally. Yeah. But that made it that much better for her. Yeah. So we get to, we get it to do the whole pictures and the, dangerous descent and all that and get back to camp at one o'clock in the morning and she's ahead of us the whole dang way skipping and, and singing and happy as a clown. oh man happy and, <laughs> and, and so to, to wrap this story up we go to from spike camp the next day to base camp to take care of the meat and to keep the meat out of, out of the grizzly country you know out yeah. of spike and uh cammy is is uh, she fleshed the, the cape and did all that with uh, Jason Cook was with us. He's uh, a buddy of mine from Kansas that, that Joey had up helping. He's an uh, outfitter there. He does whitetail deer. He's an amazing guy. Land of Giants outfitting. But Jason and she were doing the, the caping and, and the fleshing. And we took, she and I took the, the uh, cape to the river which was about 800 yards, and cleaned it. Came back, hung it in a willow tree, and immediately saw a bear about a thousand yards making his way towards us. And we just we weren't sure what he was doing, so we kind of got out of base camp a little bit to get a little rise, so we could see if, if it may be a bear we wanted to shoot. Yeah, because you had tag. I had a tag, but man, I didn't want to. Uh, I didn't want to pay that that kill fee. You know, I was done. Yeah. I was maxed. Yeah. Anyway, this bear runs in hit the wind just finally hit him just right and he starts running straight to camp because he can smell that meat. he smells it yeah and immediately we all knew what was going on so we we're rushing in the bears rushing in we get to cammy and i are a little behind uh joey our, our guide and he gets in the bear charges him gets the cape and runs out and joey's chasing him trying to get him to stop you know and, uh, the bear runs out and uh, 
we get in and and, and Cammy's distraught because she's lost her sheep cape. You know, she's freaking out. Like Cammy, it's just gonna be that much. It's just the experience here, man. We can replace that cape. Yeah. Well, the bear's a trouble bear, and, and, I, and we know Cammy can shoot, and so we we let it <laughs> let her shoot the bear, and she shoots the bear, and. Uh, man drops him what was, the, what was the range 712 yards so she and she, i saw the video yeah she iced that bear she iced him like yeah he was in full eat mode yeah just demolishing that cave yeah he'd already eaten half of it and she dropped him dropped him like pancaked him right on the cheap cave <laughs> and it, no i mean i believed it but the but you know, Cammy's guides were just like freaking out. I mean, they saw she, she shot a caribou. I mean, the, yeah. the first day she shot a caribou at 380 yards out of camp. Yeah. And so they knew at that point, hey, this girl's real. You know. Yeah. So anyway, this isn't a joke. Yeah. Like this I is forgot really to happening. Tell the caribou right? story, yeah. Tell the caribou well, story. Well, I mean, it, it, it's it's not all that much. It rained in that day to make it short, and uh, that afternoon we got out to got a break in the rain and there's some caribou about a thousand yards we cross yeah. the river get to the caribou shoot she shoots the caribou at 380 yards right in the neck and just and he's a beautiful caribou man and, and uh, she's gotten and doing the whole deal and so anyway that trip man was so amazing and so tough and and, and rainy and um, fun and just a, it's just a sheep hunt, a true wilderness sheep hunt, where every emotion that you have, you, you get to live. Yeah. And uh, that's what did it for me when I was 10, that, that experience. And so we got back and and uh, dad, when we got back, dad gave her a hug and he said, I, she's a different little girl. He's like, first of all, she's hard as a rock. I mean, after, the, the fitness yeah. of the trip, but secondly, there's something about her, man. She's she's just, uh, she's matured on this this deal. Something's different about her yeah. in a good way. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, man, since then, Stormy uh, is is just getting to hear all this, and it's, I'm kind of bummed because I'm uh, I can't wait till Stormy's 10 because Cammy'd be 13, and I I, I gotta do it. Do it again. Do it again, yeah. And so Stormy's getting to do some whitetail stuff, and she's right there on, you know, on Cammy's heels. And yeah. Cammy did a, she got to shoot a, her Rocky this year too, and so got one more, man. And so what's your plans for doing your last hunt, doing your stone? So the stone, we're going to the Yukon, and uh, it's going to be like a horseback deal, and the girls are good. Cammy's, you know, a good horse rider and she's uh we don't have her team roping yet but we're, we're working on it but uh so it's gonna be a, a, it's probably gonna be the toughest hunt and do you know where you're going for it or yeah yeah dude we have a pretty good uh you got a pretty good beat on what's going yeah. on and how you want to take care of everything yes yeah and so i just man i can't afford to go up there and be on a on a two-week grind and, and ruin her i'm still very protective of of, even though I know she can handle it, I don't want to ruin her on, on any of this. So I'd rather, if it doesn't work, you know, I'm not going to kill her. We'll just go back next year and we'll just wait. Yeah, but do it again. I have total confidence that, that we can get the stone done. And Stone hunts are amazing. 
I mean, I went up to excited. North BC this year with Toshody River Outfitters, and it was a dynamite hunt, dude. We had a really, really good time. Yeah. Yeah. I did loved it. Did y'all get one? What's that? Did you get one? Yeah. Yeah. Were you outfitting or? No, 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 no. I was photographer for the hunt. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, Heck it was yeah. absolutely amazing. Yeah. Horseback hunt, 15 days. Right at the end of the season, October 1st to the 15th, the, the capes were just beautifully dark. Oh, I mean, it was just unreal. Pretty cold. The beginning of the hunt wasn't that cold, but on day seven, day six and day seven, we got about a foot and a half of snow, which changed the entire game. Yeah, I bet. Was like, it push them down? What's that? Did it push them down? It did push him down, yeah. which was super helpful. Yeah, you know, and then we ended up we ended up taking a ram on day nine, which was yes, that's know, perfect. Yeah. yeah, you get it, you get the whole experience. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's awesome. I think one day we did maybe like two or three hundred river crossings on horseback, which was really fun. Yeah, it's like you're just leaving your way all the way down. Uh, a, I mean, and it's you know huge canyons. Yeah, you know. Well, that's the kind of stuff that. The, the, the people that are that are going to listen to this and 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 they'll say, "Boy, I bet she really appreciates that." Yeah. Well, you weren't there when you were ten, and I guarantee you she's going to appreciate that. Yeah. Guarantee you yeah. she is. You know why wait? Why? Don't wait. Don't. Wait. I may get run over tomorrow. Yeah. Well, and that's what, you know, Jason said in one of his sheep films, you know, don't wait. Don't. Don't wait. If you can afford it and you... And you can do it. Yeah. There's no reason not yeah. to. First of all, don't wait to, to make your kids tough because when you do want to take them, they may not be ready and they yeah. may be 15 years old. And not and tough not, enough. And not be ready. Yeah. So don't wait to go sheep hunt and don't wait to... When that kid comes out of that womb on that day in the hospital, is when you need to bow up and start being a man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And uh, so when they're at school and they run into a situation and or they're whatever, they can handle it. They can make decisions on their own. They don't have to count on mommy or daddy. You know. And so, so what would you tell a parent who maybe hear this and maybe wants to take their kid on this same kind of adventure? You can damn sure do it. But, you know, maybe they're not really sure financially they can make the commitment. What would you... Go get, call Jim Bregbean up at High West Outfitters, go on an all-dad hunt. Yeah. Go on a management all-dad hunt. Yeah. And you get the mountain experience... And you can break your kid in easy. You know, of course I'd hope that we'd be out hunting deer first or something like that, or rabbits, and and kind of make sure that that the kids want to do it. Because if they don't want to do it, man, we could go a different direction. Like, if these girls didn't want to be hunters, man, we're we're roping and we're whatever, man. But another thing that... some advice that I have is is lots of my friends have kids either a boy and a girl and the boy's always with them mm-hmm. and I'm like where's the girl like, oh she didn't want to go well here's the conversation that morning 
to the boy and the girl. Who wants to go hunting? The boy's going to be the squeaky wheel. You know how it is, man. Yeah. We're getting dang right we're going. Yeah. And so then you ask the girl, do you want to go? And she's like, well, no. And then you're like, all right, let's go. And then you're out the door yeah. with the boy. That happens twice, and the girl feels like she's not a part of it anymore. Yeah. Instead of, here's, here's the conversation. Dad comes in the breakfast. Hey, who, who wants to go hunting this morning? The boy's already, he spills his cereal trying to get out the door, right? Yeah. The girl's being timid. She said, no, I don't want to go. I want to stay, you know, I got my, I'm warm and I want to go watch the cartoons. No, well, let's go. Just do this with me one time. Do this for daddy. Let's go. I want to, I want you to experience this because it's going to be amazing. Yeah. It's going to be the coolest thing you've ever done. Come on, let's go. I'll, I'll help you get your jeans on, whatever. And then as you're, as she's, as you're guiding her and you're, we're getting dressed and we're out the door before, and then all of a sudden she's part of it. Yeah. And I'll, and then the next thing you know, she's eating it up, and and you've got to nudge them. You have to. Uh, you know, like my wife and I see someone on TV, and it's a it, let's say a band's playing at a restaurant. There's a guy with a guitar and a girl in the background singing background with no guitar. I'm like, what's wrong with that? Yeah. Why is she not playing the guitar yeah. and being the lead and not even having a dude on stage? And my girls are. Mm-hmm. I mean, you ask them, do you want to play guitar today? No. Well, here's what a guitar is, and, and let's just strum it a couple times. Okay, boom, well, that's cool. Next thing you know, that goes with anything. Mm-hmm. And tent girls can be a lot more timid, and mine are too. Uh, and so that's my advice is... Is don't don't be the don't let that happen to your girls yeah. you know because uh, they're they can be as tough or tougher well they're I mean they're they're tougher than boys period mm-hmm. if they're raised right mm-hmm. you know? all day yeah all day so I work with a company they're called dead eye outfitters they make t-shirts hats sweatshirts a whole gamut of apparel lifestyle apparel not hunting clothing um, and they sponsor a part of the podcast. It's called the Dead Eye Minute. I come up with a question, usually off the cuff, because I hate writing down questions and, you know, yeah. that whole thing. Yeah. So for me, my Dead Eye question and the Dead Eye Minute, my question for you would be, and we, you kind of brought it up a little bit earlier, when it comes to the nanny state and maybe the lack of of toughness in a lot of children or or maybe it's the way they're being raised or whatever it is would you call it helicopter parenting yeah what would you change to toughen up today's kids whether it be changing something in the curriculum and schools and how they're being taught or you know and home and parenting or what what would be your ideal solution to get rid of this nanny bullshit Oh man, because I, I agree with you completely. Uh, I'm yeah. on board 100. percent Yeah, it drives me nuts when I see parents like, yeah, being helicopters. Yes, or snowplow parents, right? Yes, they, they want to push away all the everything that's impeding success. They just want to move it and, and do it for the kids. Yeah. Well, I think it's just it's getting the word out. Like what we're doing, man. What you're doing is cool shit. Thanks. I appreciate this thing, that. like inviting 
me to tell my daughter's story. It's this deal's not about me. It's about them. And it's about the youth and the tradition the being youth. carried and passed along for generations. Yeah, and what we're doing with, like your father did with you, and yeah. you're getting to replicate it almost identically. Yeah. But on even I'm not the as higher. Tough as he is though. But on a bigger <laughs> level, you <laughs> my know. Dad's a tough son again. Yeah. But so it's. I think really social media is the best way to do it. Showing them what we're doing, having having uh, Ryan Olson with Whitebone Creation, and what y'all do with y'all's video stuff mm-hmm. is let's let's uh, not just go hunting anymore. Let's go hunt with a camera. Let's show dads and moms that little girls. Let's show them what my girls are doing. Hopefully, that will inspire at least inspire the youth and kids their age. Yeah. But hopefully, it'll inspire parents to think. You know, we can give our kids a little bit more rain, give them some autonomy where they can start making decisions when they're little and that, that's going to develop their mind. That's where it starts. And uh, so I think the best platform is what you're doing, getting this podcast out and telling my story. And, and you know, there's a lot of people that inspire me. Uh, some of my best friends, Phil Treadwell out in New Mexico and his wife, Tammy Joe. Uh, they, they're out way out on the ranch, and their girls are up at 4:30, like the old school, busting it. And those kind of families inspire me. And I think the story's getting told right here through what you're doing. And, yeah. and I'm proud to know you guys. And, and, yeah. and I'm proud to have cool, you on, man. man, and you being willing to share your story with me. Yeah. I mean, and you know, again today, getting to meet your daughters and getting to see the excitement and the joy in their face. It's absolutely priceless. You can't, for me as as an outsider getting to look in and see it. Well, that's cool shit because I don't know what a lot of people are thinking about this deal. Yeah. I know what a lot of people are thinking that, that, oh, this this little rich kid girl is, well, it ain't rich. It's a lot of freaking hard work, but what I've... Well, and as you said, you're going to have to work extra years to push your retirement out, you know? In it's order to, to fulfill what you want to do now. Yeah, it you know, is. To bring your children on to a different To invest level in their of, mind. Invest in, that's a really yeah. well way to put it. Yeah. Invest in their mind. I like that. So it's that. cool to see, to hear your point of view. Yeah. It, it just makes me proud. And, and, and I know it does my wife and my parents and, and uh, all their grandparents to, to know that uh, what we're doing is working. And, yeah. And they're uh, Right on, man. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you very much for taking some of your time out at Sheep Show. I know that it's an extremely busy event for everybody. Yeah. And, you know, I look forward to having dinner tonight and seeing you yeah. around. We're going to have a good night. And yeah, we'll have a good It's Saturday bit. night. It's the last night. It's going to get a little wild, yes, a little sir. reckless, maybe crazy, maybe not for you. But yeah, well, I know for the guys, I'll be babysitting tonight. It's well, going to get reckless. Well, man, the girls are, are tough. Like yeah. I say, I don't have to sit there and watch them sleep. Yeah. We can give them the key and then go to the other room. Yeah. Right on, man. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> good it. Good to see you. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in to the show, folks. If you'd like to check us out online, our website is www.theflipflopguide.co. You can find out all the information you need to have your own flip-flop in your own backyard. We encourage this, and we'd love to see this happening in every backyard across America. You can purchase our sauces that have been cranking out flip-flops from my grandfather since the 1960s. 
If you had trouble filling your tags this year, we also have available on our website, Maui Nui Axis Deer Legs. They're 100% USDA approved and ready for your consumption. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram at the flip flop guy. We hope you have a great day. Thanks for tuning in and don't forget to smash that subscribe button.